Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Up Your Alley. It's a podcast with two best friends. That's me. My name is Taylor Edgar, and with me, as always, is my best friend Jake Baggett. Say hi, Jake. Hi, buddy. It's a show where we recommend things to each other, and we come back a week later and rate them between one and three, depending on how much it is up our individual alleys. Score right now is 55 to 54. I've got a slight lead over Jacob, but anything is possible. Uh, (laughs) This week, we're going to be looking at my recommendation for Jake, which is the 2022 uh, George Miller film, 3,000 Years of Longing, as well as Jake's recommendation for me, which is the 1978 Martin Scorsese documentary slash really concert film. Just a concert film, but... uh, yeah, yeah, that's a perfect way to call it. Uh, it's the last waltz, the last yeah. concert of the band. You want to get your the band jokes out of the way first, or I like how uh, they wanted to call themselves the Beatles. There you go. That's my joke. Funny jokes. And they're like, "What about the Rolling Stones?" Like, but yeah, uh, the last waltz. It's kind of the pinnacle of. No, no, I got the name of films. the band, guys. It's Roy Orbison. <laughs> Just Roy Orbison. Damn it! <laughs> what do you mean? Just go through all the Wilburys. Just keep going. <laughs> Bob, can we use your name for, <laughs> for a band? So we're going to be talking about those things. Uh, first, we're going to do what we do every week and recap. We're both stretching. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's another late it's night one. It's been a good day. Yeah? You know what, uh, what happened today? Summer Games Fest. Do you see it? No. What's that? That is Jeff Keighley's uh, little... Um, present thing yeah he stands anything? on a stage and he's like check out these games coming out anything uh, cool a little later there's two things that i was cared about yeah it was alan wake 2 had never played the first one i love those games yeah i love that game yeah but uh alan wake 2 looks fantastic it's going to be a horror What's game the, was that like it's from the people i made max Payne. i know you played that's, that that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah i and thought it was kind of max Payne. it's a little noir right like kind of horror noir yeah and it's nice. uh you play Alan Wake, who's a guy who has writer's block, goes to a small town, and Bad it's place. inspired by Twin Peaks. That's why I want. Oh God damn it, Twin but Peaks again! It's uh, he goes out. His uh, wife um, freaks out, calls for him, and he sees uh, some being pulling her into the lake that they're at. Ooh. So he dives into the lake, and then he wakes up behind the wheel of a car, almost teetering on the edge of a cliff. Really, and he's just. Gets out and he's like, okay, like, where the hell am I? And like, where's my wife and what the fuck's going on? So this is the trailer for the second one. The second one. Oh, is, that's all the first one. That's the first one. Oh, shit. Yeah. The second one is Alan Wake is in a like mirror world. Oh, boy. Of what the actual world is. And you play as two different characters. One doing the real world mystery and then Alan Wake fighting through the oh, Jesus. Uh, shadow world. Okay. Yeah, right? And this excited you? So exciting, dude. Nice. I've been waiting like 10 years for this sequel. Huh. So it's amazing that they're even doing it. Uh, Have you played Diablo 4 yet? No, I have not. Still in the Tears of the Kingdom, huh? No, actually. Whoa. You know what's happening? Did you beat Tears of the Kingdom? No. No. I just kind of got to take a break. All right. That's fair. I'm playing, uh, it's called East. (laughs) Can you spell? Y-S. Okay. East. East. Memories of Selseta. Guess what country of origin this game is it from? It sounds Japanese. It's so Japanese. It's so Japanese. But it's so good. It's yeah? Oh, my gosh. What are you playing that on? It's on uh, PlayStation. You can get it on PlayStation 4, PlayStation Sell me 5. On. Give me an elevator pitch. So it's an action RPG. Okay. <clears throat> you get a squad of three people, and you hack and slash. The thing is, you play a guy named Adel. You uh, lost your memories. 
and uh, you came out of the forest. It's called the Forbidden Forest to get to this town. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay. So, like, this is great because uh, shit's happening in this forest that's really scaring us. So, we would, if you just go back in there, you know, you could probably get some of your memories and you could track out the forest for us and, huh. you know, let us what it's like. And you're like, deal, because you're at all your. This is like the sixth game in the series, and you're like, I'm super cool adventure dude. Like, I never heard of this. Stuff. I know, me neither, but then I totally got into it. Oh, was it like the first couple games were Japan only? No. They're all in America. It's just they didn't really grab the zeitgeist like oh. any of the other games. But, like, they've been around for a very long time. <coughs> and oh. uh, it's just fun action. When you get into a dungeon, you start playing, heavy metal starts playing, and it's the only type of heavy metal that I really like. While you're playing a video game. That, yeah. That checks out. And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> and you're killing dozens of monsters and shit. Nice. It's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still trapped in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah? It's pretty much my whole life. I got all the temples done. I, I got oh. four temples done. Did you get all of them? Exactly. I started up one one and I was like, I, I want to stop. Yeah. I found one by accident. Yeah. And I was like really impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't... Because... I don't know. Should we spoil it? Would it be all right just to talk about it? I, if we're talking about the same thing, because if you yeah. spoil something for me, it's, it's not in one the sky. Of the, you start in the sky. Yes. And then you get low. Yes. Like Lil John said. I just wanted to check out that cloud. So did I. Man. And then I'm like, oh, there's a shrine in there. And now I'm like, I got to go away. And you got to follow <laughs> us. start this. God, that's so much fun. It was great. Yeah. But I was like, I don't, this is way more involved than I thought it was going to be. I went and saw um, over the weekend when I was taking some time away from. Zelda is I went and saw uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yes, sir. Which you have not seen yet. No, I have not. We both had this pretty high up on our most anticipated uh, movies. Yeah, I'm going to try and get it this weekend. Yeah, and it lives up to it. Like, it's fantastic. The animation is top-notch. I've even had friends say that it's uh, better than the first one. You know, it it's different than the first... Okay, so no no spoilers for this, because it was announced and I just forgot. Mm-hmm. It's a two-parter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard, yeah. So the next one's coming out in March. So it ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. They Matrix Reloaded it. Okay, that's fine. You remember the Matrix Reloaded? We, uh, was it just a couple years ago? Maybe it was this last yeah, year. Yeah, we rewatched the we re-watched Matrix the original movies. trilogy, and I was shocked at how good they all were. Yeah, right? but it, I'm just saying, like, but the yes, ending. Yes. So it just cuts, and it says, yeah. to be continued. Yeah. I went with my kid. Yeah. She was irate <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, they can't just do that. I'm like, well, they did. Yeah, that's that's how it works. <laughs> they she's shouldn't like, do when, that. When does the next one come out? And I'm like, I don't know, March, I think. She's like, can we go see it then? I'm like, yeah. And then I told her, I was like, they they used to do this in movies. Like, I think they're she's used to the Marvel because I guess in Marvel, really only End or uh, Infinity War had a cliffhanger, uh-huh. but it was kind of it wasn't like a you know None horrible these, cliffhanger. Yeah. It had somewhat of an ending. None this literally leaves were, you like a like a comic book yeah. look because that's what it is. None of these like, movies were really sequel bait. Uh, the Marvel movies, you know, <coughs> no, like because you knew there was another one coming. Yeah, and but also they wanted to make it so own. that's self contained. Yeah, and I know at the end of Infinity War, like half the people die and everything like that, but you're just like, oh, I'm more excited about this. Mm-hmm. This cuts just like in Matrix Reloaded, it's where just it's like, just like, all right, catch a okay, breath, okay, <laughs> okay, back. and then just like poof, and then it's done. <laughs> and I, I was all for it, like. um the art style, like I said, is great. The voice cast is fantastic. And it's just, you know, really great. Really great Spider-Man. Right. Um, I have that's seen what a, I like to hear. I have seen a couple think pieces online that's just like, oh, there's this new generation that's going to 
have uh, Miles Morales is when you say, oh, who's Spider-Man's secret identity? They'll say, oh, it's Miles Morales. Yeah, and I think that's perfect. Yeah. Because they aged uh, Peter up. Yes. You know, to be us. And I really do like Peter as – I think it's probably because, you know, obviously Spider-Man started in the 60s. So people yeah. that actually were teenagers when Spider-Man first came out are when, boomers are dead yeah, by now. But when Spider-Man started, like, popping off, it was right, when we were 2000s. kids. Yeah. Like, I think Spider-Man – first Spider-Man came out in 2000, 2001, yeah. something like but that. Like the Tobey Maguire one. The Spider-Man cartoon. Right, in the, the early one, 90s. When it started, like, really popping into the zeitgeist and for I, us. And I really yeah. do like the thing now where it's like – in this one, uh, Peter B. Parker, the one that uh, Jake Johnson voices, mm-hmm. he comes back and he has a kid. Yeah, she see? wears her in like little baby Bjorn, Mayday Parker, ah. you know, who goes on and does her own thing in the comics right. and stuff. But it's it's nice that I yeah. still I still love Spider Man. Yeah, but I still relate to Peter Parker exactly Peter's because if Peter be Parker's the kid, like Tom, Tom Holland, Peter Parker, mm-hmm. I don't relate to that. Peter mm-hmm. Parker, I could feel you. I mean, I and like it. I get the angst of it, yeah. the kid stuff. But yeah, Peter's uh, an older Peter, right. or something that. You know, yeah, and really I, I do like me. this that now my Peter Parker's like, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, let fucking Miles mm-hmm. be Spider-Man. I want but Miles is still a really cool kid. Miles too. is a great you know, character. He's a wonderful character. Yeah. He's got a whole different set of circumstances right. that he has to navigate to find out what his idea of a man is. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. That's something you should absolutely explore. But he's got like a dad who's a cop, which yeah. is, you know, Spider-Man had Gwen Stacy's dad was a cop. Yeah, but, but justice being inside of his family like mm-hmm. that, and that's... You know, yeah, that's a wonderful moral quandary because yeah. he's like, I'm breaking the law like right in front of my dad, mm-hmm. but it's also for something that's good. Exactly. But it's also putting me in danger, which is bad, and it kind of puts yeah. my family in danger. But it, you know, that's great. Yeah, I'm know? definitely all I'm definitely all for it. These movies are fantastic. Yeah. And just yeah, really well thought out too. Phil uh, Lord and Chris Miller. They really know what the fuck they're doing. I know. And that's amazing. Yeah, do you see uh, Clone High's coming back pretty Did soon? Did you know? That's them. I heard a rumor. What? That they're working on Project Hail Mary. Yeah, they are. It's a movie. Yeah, with Ryan Gosling, the that, baby goose. I didn't know it was them. Yeah. Did you read that book? I read a little bit of it. I still got it. Yeah. I'll, I'll finish her off. Oh, right you, now, I'll definitely finish her oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> But it's just one of those things where Solo, which I think Solo was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think more and more, the more times I've watched, I think I've watched it like four or five Phil times. Phil Orton? They were supposed to do it. Oh, okay. And then they got fired. Yeah, Ron Howard. Ron Howard took over. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's great to see them being like, hey, you know, I like them back from Clone High. Mm-hmm. And Clone High's coming back, too, and I want to see what that's like. Yeah. And maybe you should wait till the end of the podcast to find out what you're going to get recommended to. Oh, maybe. Maybe you should wait till the end of the podcast. All right. Well, let's speak of getting to the end of the podcast. I'm going to say something. This is a little, <laughs> what we call a little uh, teaser. Oh, yeah? A little sizzle? <laughs> what, might, what might be happening at the end <laughs> of the podcast here. Oh, God, I'm sorry. My voice is, <laughs> my voice is shot. I don't know. Uh, I, I swear to God, it's m- the air quality. Most people living on the East Coast of the United States yeah. know that they're, the air quality is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I swear to God, it's that. And I was sick last weekend, and it just like as soon as I was starting to feel better, it just got smoky outside. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like oh shit. I was just I was in my uh, house, and I'm fine. Within like the drive here, I could mm-hmm. just start feeling my throat getting scratchy. Yeah, know? that's yeah, it's fucking wild. It's fucking. This <laughs> is <just> scary. <laughs> you know my favorite thing on the internet this week, huh. besides the fact that the world's on fire and aliens are real. Yeah, um, because. Someone on Reddit, I forget what fucking subreddit I found it on, but it made the most sense where I'm just – because we have a thing going on this podcast where I like conspiracy theories. Jake thinks they're a gateway to bad things, yeah. which some of them are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But someone's just like – said that the government turned on their weather machine, 
created all these clouds because all the whistleblowers came out about the UFOs. So they have to move them from the East Coast to their (laughs) naval base, which is in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean off what used to be a forgotten continent. And that's where they keep all the alien stuff, but they couldn't move them with people looking because everyone has phones now. So now they covered the entire East Coast with clouds so they could move the spaceships out. And I'm just like, it's the perfect fucking plan. Because yeah. everybody, everybody's using their eyes. Yeah. That's it. You're not exactly. gonna, they're super silent, so you're not going to worry about listening They are. Them. They bend gravity around them, Jacob. They're imp- they, uh, Why are you doing Trump hands? Why are you doing Trump hands? Because I am making points right now. All right? Jacob. He's playing the little invisible accordion yeah, like the former president. Did. You can see. Yeah. <laughs> these ships, these wonderful ships. No. They make no noise. No. You can't you, all you can do is see them with your human eyes. But you can't see them. They're infrared cloaking. Perfect. You can't see them with heat vision. You can't see them with x-rays. But you got to turn on the weather machine. But if your cameras are on or your eyes are on, <laughs> you're going to see them. You're going to see them. That's the only thing that they couldn't find out. It's <laughs> the one thing. I just read that and I was like, checks out. Checks out. Those are fun conspiracy theories. That's yeah. somebody that just like. That's why I hated in going back to that one episode. That's why yeah. I hated go thinking back on that. Yeah. I really hate how it ruined how things can be fun. Yeah. Because I hate when it's like things get sad. We used to be able to, you know, listen to that and be like, that guy is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, this is fun. Yeah. And instead of, oh, no, they're rallying around this point. It's like an anti-drug <laughs> video in middle school. We're like, you kids like cannabis? Well, you're going to end up in a gutter somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Gateway drug, sir. It's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get into the meat of the show. Word. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jake's recommendation for me first. Yeah. Which he gave me. Physical Media Jake was back. Yeah, yeah. Giving me a DVD and 4K DVD double copy. Yes, sir. 4K. The 1978 documentary The Last Waltz by Martin Scorsese, which covered the Thanksgiving Day 1976 concert put on by Canadian rock group The The Band. Band. Uh, Yeah, that threw me off for so long. I was trying to get that to play my PlayStation, and it's like, won't find disc. And I was like, you better find this disc. It's because I put in the 4K UHD one instead of the Blu-ray one. Oh, you tried to put it in the PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because your PS5 is a 4K player. Well, that's player. all the way upstairs. I was just saying, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, because I got No, 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 <laughs> I watched it. So, uh, Jake, give us a little background on this and why you recommended it for me. Because <clears throat> I got to tell you, this is something, like I mentioned uh, last week, I thought I had seen this. I think I've seen clips and certain songs. I'm... I don't know if I've ever, I had ever actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Us being south you more south florida and me virginia mm-hmm. like you're going to know who the band are i claim you, virginia now yeah yeah i would say you're a virginian yeah but sorry, uh, sorry florida <laughs> but it's getting a little sticky there's no way you haven't seen the last waltz in passing mm-hmm. you know around here and like that's just one of the things it was something that was on at uh some of my family's parties at some point it'd be on the tv yeah, because it's kind of nice. You throw that on the TV, yeah. and it's kind of like you be, have music. Yeah. And We'd either be sitting around watching it, yeah. like getting high and watching it, or getting drunk and watching it, mm-hmm. or getting drunk and playing darts and watching it. Yeah. Like, it was just on all the time. But I never really sat down and, like, consumed it until Criterion was having one of their wild sales that they don't talk about. They're just like, hey, here's a sale real quick. A flash sale. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh. Last Waltz was like one of the top ones on there. And I was like, okay, yep, I'll pick that right up. And 
got it and when he came in i watched it and i was like oh wait this is beautiful yeah like every single part of it is beautiful i love the music in it i love all the guests the poetry is fucking weird but good Mm -hmm. and the interviews are so candid it's like the greatest that's what the stuff that i'd like to see so what did you think so yeah uh I, I did like it, and I like I said, I heard most of the, I knew most of the songs. Anybody, if you're unfamiliar with what who the band is, I would say their most well known songs are probably uh, "Up on Cripple Creek," yeah, uh, "The Weight," yeah, and, "The Weight." I would say, uh, you know, a it's litany of other ones. But this is a concert where they all got together in what was the name of the theater? Uh, the Winterland Ballroom in San Francisco. Yeah. This is in 1976. The band, uh, their main group. Uh, which was Rick Danko, Levon Helm, Garth Hudson, Richard Manuel, and Robbie Robertson. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is our last concert as the band. The band had been a great uh, touring band mm-hmm. for other acts. Like, they had supported people. And then they did the band, and they were just like, this is our last time performing all together live. Mm-hmm. They got all their friends to come out. They're um, big name friends. So other people that came out, um, Van Morrison, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Eric Clapton, uh, Muddy Waters, Hell yeah. Bob Dylan, uh, mm. Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones, mm. Dr. John, uh, Ringo Starr. Yes, sir. You know, uh, Neil just Diamond to, shows up. Neil Diamond. That's so, when I was like, oh, wow. He's kind of cool. But then it was also cut in with some um, in studio set things. Like mm. uh, they did The Weight with the Staple Sister or the Staple Singer, sorry. Yes. Uh, that was in studio. And they also did uh, Evangeline with Amy Lou Harris. And that was in studio. Man, both of those were great recordings. Yes, too. they were. Uh, yeah, it's it's about two hours long. It's 20. Mm. Hold on. I pulled this up. 25 <laughs> songs. Damn. So that's a collection for you, right there. And then it's uh, so out of let's say it's two hours long. I would say an hour forty-five is songs. Yeah, and then it's I'll say it's mostly songs. Little like vignettes in between, almost yeah. like if you're listening to an album, like an old punk album, an old rap album that would have like skits mm-hmm. in between. Yeah, or interludes, however they would want to call. Now come it. the wolves, but that was a part of the song, I guess. Yeah, but <laughs> they would have like some shit like that in between, and it was just mm-hmm. that you know little candid interviews, little yeah, just nice little stories spots. from the road and yeah. shit like that. Things that. You could tell we're extremely important to these guys, <laughs> yeah. You know? And I thought that that was the part that was great because they're like, we're trying to get this guy on tour with us, and we're talking to him, and he was like, "So what's the money like?" And he's like, "I'm not gonna lie, the money's not good, but the pussy's fantastic." <laughs> and it was like almost every interview they talk about is it, like it was the women out there, man. I just yeah. love <laughs> these guys. They're so yeah, absolutely rock and roll and right there. The other fun thing about this is it was directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. You know, amazing filmmaker and everything like that. Apparently, uh, I talked to one of our mutual friends mm-hmm. um, who knows way more about this shit than I do. And I he's know one of the people. About, yeah, I'm you sure. do. Yeah. And he had been trying to get me to watch this since fucking high school. Oh, I got you. I'm sure. And I bet he's proud of me. I was asking him about it, <coughs> why it was so important and things like that. And there was a lot of shenanigans backstage. Did you know this was one of the first uses of. Uh, film editing to edit something out of a moving picture? Yes. Yes. Can I guess what it is? Yes, you can. It, does it involve Neil Young? It does involve Neil Young. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of uh, cocaine yes. <laughs> underneath his nose. So apparently he came out and played a song, mm-hmm. and a noticeable cocaine booger yeah. <laughs> hanging out of his nose that they had to edit and post. And I did. I had one of my Google Docs ready for this. 
and just typing stuff. And eventually, I started grooving to the music and stuff. Yeah. And it, the only thing I've written down is Neil Young is outside of his mind high during the oh, last song because yeah. they all come together at the end. Bob Dylan's kind of the closing act of yeah, famous people that but come they bring out. Bring out everybody. Yeah. And uh, Neil Young is just. <laughs> not there he, he wasn't w- there when he walked out to do uh helpless no you could just see him nailed just it looking though. yeah he's a beautiful nailed. singer well he had but cocaine you just see him in looking at everybody and just smiling and just ready so it was it was great it's definitely a three yeah. hell yeah um <laughs> this did have I, and one of the interesting things about this is it's such a great time capsule for an era in pop music history yeah. mm. and the band uh God damn this Canadian wildfire. Yeah, no. UFO cover up. Damn it. <laughs> Fucking gotta move those UFOs, dude. You gotta get a damn air purifier. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's a mess. Um so I wanted to read something from uh Billy Graham, who was kind of the promoter. It was his venue that they were performing. Yeah. And uh at some point during the show, they they had an intermission, Bob Dylan said he wasn't gonna perform. And then he said he was going to perform, but they couldn't film him because apparently Bob Dylan had his own thing coming out later. Yeah. And he okay. didn't want to be filmed what is that? for don't, this. Don't look back? What is that? Uh, one of those, yeah. It might have been Rolling Thunder Review. Mm. But uh, this is um, Levon Helm, the drummer slash singer. Yeah. Uh, he said, man, they were all biting their nails. I think Bill really pleaded with Bob for us for the sake of history. And he was in there for a couple minutes. It seemed like an hour. No one could believe this. Within five minutes left, word came down that the last two songs in Bob's show could be filmed. So Bob Dylan like was almost not in this. What a punk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently uh, Lou Kemp, who's a good friend of Bob Dylan, this is my favorite little uh, anecdote from Billy Graham, the concert promoter. Uh, Lou Kemp, a close friend of Dylan, said, we're not filming this. And Bill just said, get out of here or I'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So while all this is going on on stage, this beautiful gathering of some of the greatest artists. Historical moment in rock and roll history. It was its own little mini Woodstock, essentially, in this ballroom. Unbelievable to document something Neil Young is gacked out of his brain. Bob Dylan's being a prima donna saying, I don't want to be on video. And the concert promoter saying, I will fucking kill you if you don't get out of here right now. You don't know what and while this is going on, Martin Scorsese's filming the whole yeah. thing. Going beautiful. <laughs> like, this is great, but if there was a documentary about this, like, th- mm. I think that should be a movie. Is oh like a backstage. Make a biodrama of this? Yes. Of just like have the last <laughs> we waltz. We sell this to Max easily. I hate calling They're it that. They're buying fucking everything. Yeah, I hate calling it that. Max? Max. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a writer's strike on, and we're not in the guild. And we are scabs as shit, yeah. sir. <laughs> oh, I'll scab it up with the best of them for writer's money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not really. I think they should get paid more because I'd like to watch more stuff. Yeah, I'd like to watch stuff. Yeah. And I also think people deserve to live a pretty comfy life. <laughs> Everybody. Fucking uh-uh. Woke-ass liberal over here. I know. <laughs> Somebody drank the woke juice today, and I'm not talking about the coffee. Yeah, I'm out here trying to see through the fog to see the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> We're an eclectic pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this mm-hmm. is a fantastic thing. I think it's a great piece of media. Yes. I think it is worth anybody checking out. Yeah. I would and, say if you could own a copy, you should. You look super fucking cool if you own a copy. And the band, like, we're not really talking about them because they, they – they speak for themselves. I love the band. Yeah. I And all of them are great. Apparently, there was some backstage stuff with, uh, or later afterwards, 
that mm-hmm. some of the other uh, members felt that Robbie Robertson was just kind of using this as his own like personal pump piece since the band was kind of like breaking up. Robbie Robertson tried to make himself the star yeah so to speak like he does have like a little tag at the ending and it's a little one-on-one because apparently he was a lot closer with martin scorsese and robertson's a a producer on yeah robertson is the only one of the band yeah marked as a producer so Mm -hmm. i mean it kind of makes sense that it would askew his way yeah and also that's not a bad idea if your main (laughs) mode of of income is going away and you're like well, maybe I could pivot a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> go go ahead, bud. But yeah, I think it's great. I think the band is one of those groups. And what I also liked about them, and this showcases it perfectly, is um, I think every member of the band sings one song mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, like has the lead vocals on it, kind of like I the think thing, so. Uh, Leave Be- on Home. Yeah, I think uh, I love Leave on Home's voice. Well, I, he's the classic. Yeah. the band he does. Uh, yeah, up on Cripple Creek and. Yeah. He does the weight, and that's the one that always gets to me. Mm-hmm. I love that song very much. I think one cool thing about this is it opens the the first song in the uh, documentary was their encore. They came back out and they did uh, mm-hmm. "Don't Do It," which is a yeah. great song. And yeah, <laughs> it was just song. kind of funny that at the beginning of the documentary is their encore, and mm-hmm. then it goes back to the start of mm-hmm. the concert, which is yeah, you know, beautiful, really, really great. I think. Uh, I think if somebody uh, just has a passing knowledge of the band and mm-hmm. watches this movie, they'll be surprised at how many songs they pick up on. For sure. And they'll be like, For sure. wow, like these guys wrote a lot of really good hits. Yeah. Because yeah, they're extremely talented. This thing is wonderfully shot. I saw the 4K one and I thought. It looks great too. Yeah. Like watching the Blu-ray remaster, there's mm-hmm. one, uh, I think it's, uh, what fucking song is it? I think it's when uh, Dylan was doing. No, it was when they did Ophelia. It had a little shot from behind Levon Helm, where and because Levon Helm's a drummer, but yeah. he also sings. He's like in the middle. So his mm-hmm. camera is set. It's not traditional band setup where you know the drummer would be like on risers in the back. Yeah. He's like right up front. Yeah, and it has this great shot, and I was shocked by how good the uh, restoration was to mm-hmm. HD because that always kind of throws me off where I'm like, how can you restore it to HD when if you play the stuff, it looks like that? And I know it's computers and whatever. It's, well, it's analog into digital. Right. So that now instead of like putting, you know, like there's no size to an analog, you know, like in digital. I don't know. So like we can measure digital, you uh-huh. know, but we can't have that type of measurement on analog. So like we could put more of an analog picture into a pixel if the pixel is like a bigger bucket gotcha you know okay I mean? yeah, yeah yeah but it it does whatever restoration or nonsense they did they yeah. did to it it's it looks fantastic. beautiful yeah. yeah it looks better than anything you find on youtube yeah i think clips from this you get this you throw a dinner party with your friends just put it on the background man put it on the background do it every thanksgiving because like, they filmed this on thanksgiving that's true that'd be a fun little thing to do oh my gosh i'm gonna make that a thing you're gonna do that a thing now <laughs> we'll make that a thing start a little tradition i like it <laughs> All right, so that one gets a three from me. So let's move Fuck on yeah. to uh, my recommendation for Jake, the 2022 uh, fantasy romance history drama. Yeah. Uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. So mm-hmm. this is... <coughs> Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton and Idris, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Uh, 
written, co-written and directed by George Miller yep. of Mad Max and Fury Road and War- Road Warrior and mm. Happy Feet, and- Happy Feet and uh, <laughs> Babe Pig, Babe Two, Pig babe, in the City, Babe Two, Babe yeah. Harder. Uh, uh, so he's the director of all that. Mm. Um, it is they a should, they should call it Die Hard Two, <laughs> Heart of the City. Oh, I just thought of that. I think it's the best thing I've ever. Do you thought want to of. write it down so you don't forget? Yeah, <laughs> can we call it? Can we? The writers are on tighter. strike, Jacob. We pretty much have run out of the town at this point. Um, oh, McLean in the city. <laughs> it would have been funny. Um, so it's a story about uh, Alethea. That's uh, Tilda Swinton's character, mm-hmm. and she's a caller. I think uh, a scholar. What was her official storyteller? Story narrator. Narratologist. That's yeah, what she was. So she uh, studies history, uh, mm-hmm. the history of storytelling and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So mythology to everything else. She studies fiction. And she goes to speak at a conference in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. And uh, she finds a gin yeah. trapped in a bottle. And it takes off from there. It's framed mm-hmm. up where it's her character telling the story. Yes. Which is <clears throat> jarring at first. First, because but you, I feel you really settle into it where it's just like this is a fairy tale. Yeah, everything looks real. Everything you know, like that set in the modern era. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's this high fairy fan- tale, high fantasy elements. I, I really liked how it started with that. On. It was like this really happened to me. Right. It's going to sound like a fairy tale, yeah. but it really happened. Yeah, that was a really cool way to start it off. I think it was a good way of putting that uh, into the because, context. Like almost at the beginning of the film, uh, like mystical things started happening, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, then she meets up with the djinn and it goes back to the djinn telling his life story of the three you, other times he got imprisoned in the bottle. to be here. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it goes back to uh, the Queen of Shima, Sheba, the court of Suleiman the Great. Yeah. And, you know, just through history and his, his interactions with humans and shit like that. And his uh, wishes with Alethea. Yep. I thought it was great. Here's why I recommended it to you. Please. If you had recommended this to me, uh-huh. I would have given it a two. I watched it, uh-huh. and it's it's not one of those wrecks. I'm trying to do a different thing with wrecks now where I'm really like, I think you'll like it more than I like it. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of want to talk about that because okay. I recommend you things I know you like that I like too that I'm we're just sitting here going like, isn't this awesome? <laughs> it's fucking great. We did so good. <laughs> These guys sound like Harvey Danger. We I should love be them. best friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so I watched that. That's interesting. We watched this because it was on my Amazon. You know, it popped up. It's like new, and I'm like, oh, George Miller did this, and I watched it, uh-huh. and I was like, I think Jake would like this a lot more than I liked it. Yeah, seems okay. more of his type of thing. So that's why I'm recommending it to you. That's amazing because up your alley. Yeah, that's a, um, that's. A, I really like that approach, sir. Right, that's a good move. Fucking a. I'm kind of jealous. Getting pretty good at this. Like, <laughs> yeah. 28 episodes in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what do you think about it, Jake? I uh, since we're gonna talk about it like that, I'll start up at front. It's a three. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, I thought it was lovely. I thought the framing was fantastic. Like we said, the start of it just being like this is fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true, but it's fairy tale, and you just gotta listen. And the way that she's telling a story, and how she's telling the story about the genie telling the stories. That's another way of framing right. it. Story inside a story. It's a Frankenstein yeah. situation. It's and it's also, you know. About her writing the story of this, yeah. you know, by the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot about, uh, like, the different cultures of the East and the West mm-hmm. and how uh, 
the uh, mysticism of the East kind of erodes away through time yeah. after a while, but it's still prominent to some people. It also has the racial overtones mm-hmm. that you feel out to the end where they're like, you know, you just don't want these types of people, you know. Right. Fish belong in the sea, birds belong in the air. Yeah. These people it, belong over there. After she leaves Istanbul with, yeah. uh, with her gin, Idris Elba, she does go back to London and then there's mm-hmm. like little scenes of, you know, he doesn't belong there, so to yeah. speak, everything like that. Uh-huh. Her, she has racist neighbors. Yeah. And it, I just thought it plays on the... Uh, genie tropes pretty well i think it did that really well i think it's i think it was captivating just because idris ilba is so amazing he's a great actor and tilda swinton is so awesome fantastic having a movie where like most of it is just them in a hotel room talking to each other that is i think we should go because i doubt most people have seen this Mm -hmm. and you know spoilers for it i guess but still even if you know it's going to happen it's it's worth sitting down and watching it's even in the tagline it talks about if you're going to make a movie about uh, three wishes it's it's going to be that's my favorite sad. part of this was yeah. the kind of meta commentary because tilda swinton's character is a narratologist yeah so she immediately says when idris elba shows up and he's gigantic comes out of this bottle shrinks mm-hmm. down to normal person size mm-hmm. well idris elba size which is not normal person <laughs> size because he's a gigantic he's a big boy man. yeah <laughs> he's an imposing character mm. and uh she he says you know you got your three wishes and she says no i don't want to do this because there's no story where yeah. someone gets three wishes and it ever ends well yeah and then he goes back well, and she, tells she also stories. talks about that she says that but she also says that no you know i i don't have any parents i don't have any kids i don't have any siblings yeah He's like not I, married I, i'm alone mm-hmm. but i am completely content and she and she's like, I don't see why right. it's necessary that I would need anything, right? Especially when there's it's a good you know, this cold, chance, cold logical approach yeah. to being like, I don't need anything right now, and there's and a like, chance this goes horribly wrong. And I like that because she's like, I don't need anything, mm-hmm. and he's like, Then you're a liar. And he's like, Why would I want to, you know, rock the boat? And he's like, Oh, and you're a coward as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn. So it is. It's written really well. It's written so it's well. It's based. Let me see if I can get this. It's That's based the on. Other thing. Uh, a book, the uh, the Gin in the Nightingale's Eye by A. S. Byatt. Yeah, uh, she I, was not involved in the movie though. That was George Miller and Augusta Gore wrote the screenplay. Yeah, I, I kind of want to read this short story. Uh-huh. But a lot of a thing that I thought that was very powerful in this movie was a lot of the story. You know, it takes place two thousand years ago, mm-hmm. three thousand years ago, two hundred years ago. But they're all talking a different language. You know, uh, he starts yeah. with uh, uh, most of it's in. Uh, was it Ottoman Turkish? Yes. And so it's like they don't even like translate it for you in dialogue. Yeah, there is one scene where uh they're speaking and it's not subtitled at all. Yeah. And I really like that because you it do It was wonderful. It kind of and both all the actors in this are great. Like even yeah. going back to That's... uh the actress that played the Queen of Sheba. And I guess mm-hmm. like so he has first of all he's in the court of the Queen of Sheba and mm-hmm. it goes back to the Queen of Sheba is part jinn and that's you know something that's in mythology the Queen of Sheba mm-hmm. is um you know a character in so many different cultures and then King Solomon Right so that's that was my favorite thing where I was in on this when yeah. he's telling the story and Tilda Swinton's character says you know cuz she portrays herself as the person that has all the answers I know all the stories everything yeah. like that and she said uh, well, the jinn says that uh, King Solomon came to see the Queen of Sheba. Mm-hmm. She says, no, all the stories say that she went to him. Yeah. 
He's and like, he's like, no, I was no. fucking there. Yeah, he's like, like, I was there. Don't tell that me my business. So I was there. Oh, my God. And I like that. Where I'm like, oh, fucking little revisionist history thing. Just, I also like how uh, he is a uh, fantasy creature, mm-hmm. but he's also like, you know, how'd you get in the bottle? And he's like, like I'm an idiot. He's Yeah, he's like, I'm just an idiot. I, you know, I, I goofed. Yeah, I love too hard, and I'm an idiot for it. <laughs> so he has uh, three main stories. He has the one with the Queen of Sheba. Yep. He has the one with the brothers who are the princes of uh, Suleiman the yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Su- Suleiman the Mag- Magnificent, sorry. Yes, Suleiman. Sorry. The Magnificent. Magnificent. Not just great. Mm-hmm. He's magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to look at him. <laughs> and then later a um, uh, a bride that was married off to a, a old rich merchant. Yeah. And she's like very bookish. She wants to learn yeah. and yada, yada. Oh, but in, in her culture, um, women aren't allowed to really go to – yeah, she's basically like that. locked in a room. Her name was uh, Zafir. Zafir. Yeah. Yes, Zafir. And then he kind of starts a relationship with her. That's pretty much the the longest one. Adam. Yes. And you know she gets into a fight with him and says, mm-hmm. "I wish we had never met. I wish I forgotten. Forgot that I about met you. you. Yeah. yeah. And that's right when he's going into the bottle to yeah to stay away. Mm-hmm. She keeps her hidden knowledge hidden in bottles, and so he's fucked for yeah. six hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. But that. All three stories were fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're told so well, and, like, they have such a great sense of humor about them inside of it. It's mm-hmm. They're shot so beautifully. The uh, brothers... It's very George Miller, some of the shots, though. Yes. You see him poking through, and it's kind of fun to see a filmmaker take on something that they don't normally do. Something that we're not used to seeing, but still framed in the way that you would see a Mad Max movie in. Right. That's kind of why I liked... Um, uh, Django, like I'm not a Tarantino guy, but I mm-hmm. like Django because I was like, oh, let's watch fucking Clint Eastwood do a Western. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I would, if Clint Eastwood, there's always been rumors that he says that he wants to do a Star Trek movie. In if Clint Eastwood wanted to make Star a Star Trek? Star Trek. And if Clint Eastwood, or not Clint Eastwood, Quentin Tarantino wanted oh, okay. to make a. Uh, <laughs> you kept saying Clint Eastwood. Quentin Tarantino, sorry. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino wants to make a Star Trek. And if he wanted mm-hmm. to make one, I would be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd, I'd watch no. it, though. I want to see what he does with that. He actually has a movie coming out that I'd be perfect for. Really? Oh, yeah. the the critic or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. The guy who writes movie reviews for a porn magazine. Well, everyone else is uh, on strike, Jake, so. Do you not think that I would not be perfect for that role? I think you would. Yeah, right? But then I'd have to hear you talk about Quentin all the time, and you would say something like, I was talking to Q. Yeah, and you I would definitely be that. Wait till people would be like, Q? It's like, <laughs> oh, Quentin. Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> have you met him? My dumb friend Jealous? keeps calling him Clint Eastwood for some reason. I'll do uh, this. Uh, let me introduce my dog. Quentin, come in here. I named him after my friend Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Perhaps you've heard of him. <laughs> You'd be insufferable. <laughs> yes, but sir. We, we digress. Um, the end of the movie. Wrap, well, run us through so, that. So um, the Brother Solomon story yeah. uh, had a really great time because that was one of the times when they had just another fantasy element implemented mm-hmm. with just, you know, he wanted to go save this woman that was doing the wishes. And uh, there was just another guard there that was a monster type thing. Yeah. And he didn't explain it. Nope. He didn't go into it. He was just like, hey, then this, I was going to save her, but this motherfucking monster was there. What do you want us to do about that? And it was creepy. <laughs> yeah. It was a really well done monster. Yeah. And like those small fantasy elements like that is what draws me into a story like this yeah. where it. The lore is there, but it's like it's not important to the story. So don't, you know, 
You don't have to <laughs> it, it know, does. delve deep into it that hard. And I think that's one of the good things about uh, Tilda Swinton's character, knowing all that stuff, mm-hmm. is because it sends you in here knowing, like, what a genie is. Yes. Like, he, it, it's great. The opening scene, with, or Idris Elba's first scene, where he first comes out of the bottle, he kind of acting, like, sluggish and stuff. He doesn't speak any language. She starts speaking to him yeah. in ancient Greek. Yeah, that's when he And he's like, up. oh, you know the language of Homer. Again, another time when... Uh, they're having a conversation, but they never uh, subtitle it. Right. They just have a conversation in ancient Greek that we can't understand, yeah. but we can get through context yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and so that's just really well shot. But I like how he gets out and he's just like, you got three wishes. Like, you know the fucking yeah. drill. Like, and she, as a narratologist, doesn't have that thing that I feel we could skip over now. Mm-hmm. It's something yeah. you brought this to my attention with that game, uh, Forspoken, yeah. where the narrator is always like, oh, so you're telling me that yeah. this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we get it. You don't need to be like, a genie, yeah. blah, blah, blah. She's just like, Three oh. Three wishes? Why not right. four? And then she's just like, mm, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. She's like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, get, even get out of here. That was great. When he pops out the bottle, and yeah. she's, you can tell that she sees him, and she's like, oh, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to count the three. Would you please leave when <laughs> my eyes are open? Exactly opposite <laughs> reaction. Yeah. That it's like cliche. It was perfect. Like those little touches are great. Because yeah, Miller does that too in Fury Road. Like Fury Road, I think, is my favorite of the Mad Max movies. Definitely. And it doesn't really have much of a setup. Like you don't need to know why mm-hmm. the world's like that. You don't need to know anything. It's just like this dude's got water and he's treating women shitty and she's yeah. trying to get the women out and he's tied to the front. Yeah. And go. Yeah. And then it's just like fucking figure it out, man. Mm-hmm. And he does that with this where it's just like he doesn't need to hold your hand as a storyteller. He's yeah. definitely one of those guys. It's like either you're coming with me or I'm going to leave you behind because I don't have time to fucking That's a good way to put hold it. your hand through yeah. this. And he's very straightforward. If you watch Babe 2 picking the city, <laughs> he doesn't spoon feed it to you. <laughs> he's like, he's like the pig can talk, stupid. <laughs> Figure it out. I'm not going to tell you about Ba Ram you if you don't know what that is by yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Why can the pig talk to a mouse? Shut up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. So. The other thing that I think that this movie delves into pretty well is just the uh, complication of uh, relationships, mm-hmm. considering uh, just, like, the idea of romance by itself. Yeah. Like, some people, it clicks really fast. But, like, uh, the relationship that they have, uh, basically, he talks about all the loves that he's had in his life, and she talks about how all the love that she just never had. Yeah. And then she realizes toward the end of the movie that she was like... Yeah, I'd kind of like, I, I wish that me and you could have that love that you had with those other women. Mm-hmm. And so she gets that for a little while. And uh, she sees it's a good life. Yeah. You know, they actually really do love each other and they're having a great time. But she realizes that it's draining him. Right. You know, it's like something he can't The live. electromagnetic yeah. fields, like he says, that it's, uh, that was kind of fun too with taking uh, the the tropes of, you know, ancient magic becoming mm-hmm. technology. Yes. Or he's just like, oh, you all have, you know, everything that you're seeing the world like we do now. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, you're not going to be as happy for it either because yeah. it's, and it's fucking killing him. And that's the thing that he talks about with, that I liked. He's just like, you know, you're just, you're easily replacing uh, stuff that we could do. You know, you have yeah. no need for gins and angels mm-hmm. these days with what you guys have. And he's like, and yet here you are. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, that's really cute. Yeah. But then she realizes, you know, it's literally draining him. Like, he's dying. Yeah, he gets and, all curled up in the in the basement. Yeah, and she and she says, like, oh, like, I want you to love me 
because you wanted to love me, not but because as soon I wished as she it. Wished for yeah. that, but as soon as I wished it, happen. you can't. You can never do it again. Uh huh. And she wished that tied that up in a nice little bow. Yeah, she's like, I just wish that you could. It's you a. Know, it's fucking go and live your life the way that it's a you the Heisenberg it. uncertainty thing or <clears throat> Schrodinger's cat. You can't. Yeah. You can't fucking observe some or like mm-hmm. you can't wish for something and then have it be the way you want it to be mm-hmm. because how you want it is not having to wish for it. But that so she makes the wish after that, which is return him to the world of the jinn. No, she's. I wish that you uh, lived the life that you wanted to live, mm-hmm. and. That's when it cuts to three years later, and she's riding on a bench. She's finishing up the book. Right. A little fairy tale. She uh, sees a cute couple kiss, and she's like, oh, you can see it. You hear somebody say, you know, mommy, and she's the girl's running towards Tilda. He's like, that's not your mommy, you silly girl. Mm-hmm. And you can see that she's like, oh, no, you know, I've missed out on so much of my life for no romance. And then you see the djinn just walking up. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, he comes visits me every once in a while, and Always stays longer than he should, and yeah. every time he leaves, he says he'll be back in my lifetime. And yeah. That's all I need to hear. It's very sweet. That's all I. It's that's, a sweet little ending. That's a lot of what my relationships are. When I have like a romantic relationship, they're usually short and strong, and we don't hate each other afterwards. We'll still see each other sometimes, or we'll mm-hmm. still talk to each other, and like that's good enough for me. You know, yeah. that's something that really resonated with me pretty hard. Yeah, she sits like, on a park bench. You're yeah. in a bottle for six hundred years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting on a park bench, and then yeah, writing the stories. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'll this be, was a cute little modern fairy tale. I'll be walking I... through Manassas, uh, going to like Sandra's or something, and I'll run into my ex girlfriend. Oh. You know, and it would just be like, "Oh, hey, like it's really good to see you." It's like really good to see you. Hey, yeah. What are we doing? It's like it's great. And then, oh, okay, I'll see you. And I was like, oh. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, you, you like know? emotional shit. Hell yeah, dude. I know you'd I? like this. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. So this That's is my really first good. one of a two for me and a three for, I know. Three for thee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? The fucking ass. I loved it, though, dude. I'll take it. That's a great co- That was a great uh, suggestion. Yeah. Way to go, man. I appreciate that. So that is available on Amazon right now. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to have to buy that movie. Oh, you going back to Physical Media Jake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With... 3,000 Years of Longing? Yeah. I'm going to be rewatching this movie. There's really? A, there's a lot that I need to pick up on. Fucking A. It's well written. There's a lot more to pick up because I'll just give you a little hint. The bigot uh, neighbors, you know, she uh, gave it to him oh, by the yeah, end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. being like, you guys are bigot. You're small-minded. And uh, she thought about it and she picked up the uh, treat that the gin made for her at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And she just like, oh, hold on. She went over to her neighbors and she was like, you know, these are... Uh, Gonzo beans with, you know, these spices on it. Yeah. They're delicious. And then this is my... (laughs) My friend. He's going to be staying with me for a while. This is my friend. That's, you know, just like being like, look, like these people, this this culture creates these things that you're going to fucking love. Yeah. It's from this guy right here. Yeah. And like... That's just giving a little introduction to the bigots being like, look, there's cool shit that you're missing out on. We'll go into the fart that he's magic and stuff later. Yeah. But right now. But right now, check these out these. These are delicious. Delicious garbanzo beans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. Yes, All right, so absolutely. that's 3,000 years of longing. A three <coughs> for 3,000 years of longing. Fantastic work, everybody. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, if you like the show, please make sure you... Uh, Subscribe on the YouTube channel if you'd like. Uh, like on whatever platform you're doing. You rate it five stars. Uh, you follow us on Instagram at Up Your Alley Pod. Tell some friends about the show. That's a real good way to spread it around. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot mm-hmm. to tell you my other idea for a podcast that I thought of. Oh my god! Yeah, 
So stick with me on this. Yeah, yeah, okay. I probably shouldn't tell it on this podcast, but I'm going to. Because <laughs> people that listen to this podcast can be a part of it. It's a, a mystery podcast with you and me playing against each other. Okay. So I've been obsessed with like the analytics and shit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it could tell you, like, in your listeners in Virginia, you have this. In, like I've shown you, it says mm-hmm. this in Annandale, this in Arlington. Then you got D.C., Maryland, shit like that, and you can find it. Mm-hmm. So we go by fucking Fight Club rules. Where you're not supposed to tell anybody about the podcast, mm-hmm. but each of us tell one person. You have to tell that person in person, mm-hmm. and then next week you tell them to listen to the podcast, and then next week we look at the analytics and find out where that person is when they listen to it, and then they tell one person, and we try to figure out who the first person that we each told was. It sounds really complicated. Yeah, we're gonna but have for to some reason, this one. For some reason, I was like, that's a genius way of a podcast. The whole point of the podcast is don't tell anybody about it. Did you remember that scene I in like Fight, that kind of, Fight Club? Do was, I remember Fight that Club scene was on T- Fight, Club. Fight Club was on TV. So Fight Club was on TV. And it's that scene where uh, Edward Norton and Meatloaf uh, get back together after Edward Norton's been fight clubbing all yeah. over the place. Well, Brad Pitt's been doing most of the fight clubbing, but they're the same yeah. person. Spoilers for Fight Club. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, first off, I'm not supposed to talk about this club. Yeah. And he's like, I'm already a member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want that. It's like, I want you to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <I want> <laughs> and it's like, hey, I already listened to that podcast. <laughs> We're gonna have to. Uh, we'll, we'll whiteboard it. We'll whiteboard yeah. it. I like this. If that sounds interesting to you, you can email <laughs> us for now at upyourallypod <laughs> at gmail dot com and send us your recommendations for uh, what you think. Or I think it's a good idea. I'm I, stuck on it. I think it's got legs, and I want to see, see how far it travels. Yeah, yeah we're fantastic. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get into what we're going to be getting into next week. Jake, what do you have recommended for me? All right, so I'm trying to split it here. Splitting it. Because uh, I watched this movie, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, have you seen Shape of Water? Fish fucking movie. Fish fucking movie. No, I've not seen the fish fucks. Let's watch the fish fucking movie, bud. Okay. It's Academy on. Award winning fish fucking movie. It's That's uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del, del Toro. Toro. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro. I, I know the basic gist of it, but I've never sat down and watched it, no. Um, have you seen any other Guillermo del Toro movies? Hellboy. And your thoughts? Hellboy 2. And your thoughts? Great. And I've seen uh, some other little things he did, and I've seen he's great in an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, get yourself on Hulu. Watch okay. yourself some Shape of Water, bud. Shape it's, of Water on Hulu. It's uh, Watch the 3,000 Years of Longing. Uh, it was jogging a lot of Shape of Water inside really? of me. but. I think you'll like this more. Wait, so I'm doing two things? No. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll like this more than 3,000 okay. Years of Longing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I will check that out. The other thing is Clone High. Just watch that. Yeah, Clone High is coming back. I'm and, already watching it. It's already back. And It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia There's is back, four too. episodes out of Clone High. Is it? Yes. Fuck. All I've right, been I'm, watching them all. I'm an idiot. It's fun. I've been watching your recommendation, which is available on Amazon. It's actually from a, a service called Freevee which I don't know what Freebie is, but you can watch it if you have Amazon Prime. Okay. It's a 2023 <laughs> series. Uh, it's a sitcom called Jury Duty. Oh, my God. That's the um, Are you familiar with the show? It's the one where everybody is in on the joke but the main character. So there's one guy. It's set in a jury trial in Los Angeles, civil trial. So you're not like criminal charges or anything like that. Civil no. trial where they're suing people for money. And there's a jury impaneled, and this uh, – conceit of it is that they're filming the jury to find like the inner workings of the american legal system and there's this guy uh whose name is ronald gladden 
he's the only one that's not an actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of the bailiff, the judge, the lawyers, everyone else on the jury, they're all actors. And it's just him. And it's okay. one of the funniest things I've seen. There's only eight wow. episodes. I'll tell you just to watch the first two. This You're going to watch more. This sounds like uh, Corncob TV's Coffin Flop. It is a little coffin flop, but that it's also great. it wouldn't work if this guy Ronald Gladden is he go ahead. He's great. Yeah. He just seems like a nice they found the perfect Aww. person to be like, This is important, so I have to act <laughs> a good way. But Aww. also he's just so funny and laughing at shit. Oh great. And the way the absurd and one of the people on the jury, it's not a spoiler, it's in all the things, is James Marsden. <laughs> Playing James Marsden, the actor. That's cute. And it starts with like James Marsden like being like, "Oh, you you know you probably recognize me." And he's like, "Oh yeah, X Men." He's like, "People always go to X Men." Then a lot of other things. Notebook, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. I've been talking about Sonic for like the past two weeks. He brings that up, and the guy Ronald was just like, "You were in the Sonic movie?" And he's like, "Yeah, I was." He's like, "Who were you? Like Jim Carrey?" Yeah. He's James Marsden. <laughs> Poor James Marsden, dude. It's fantastic. I would give him 30 Rock if I saw him. I was like, you are freaking great, 30 Rock, dude. <laughs> but it's it's just worth great. it. I it's love to watch a, it. I love a hidden camera thing. It's a little pranky. Good. It's a little, uh, well, it's law-driven, mm-hmm. but all, everyone just commits to it so well. Awesome. And this guy's just so entertaining yeah, to if- watch. Because like these hidden camera prank shows, if the person that's not in on the joke is... Like too much of an asshole, you don't like it. If they're too, if it seems like cruel that yeah. you're pranking this person, they're not going like to like it. it. But he, this guy, I don't know how the fuck staged, they found him. If it's staged, it's yeah. annoying to watch something like. I that. don't know how the fuck they found this guy, but he seems like the coolest dude in the just world. Knocked it out of the park. You just want to fucking like go hang out. See, <laughs> the only reason we're talking about freebie is because we're talking about jury duty. Well, That's the only why way it's I'm coffin t- flop. It's a cord cob TV. Yeah. Yeah, so the I guy didn't do for this. Is going. <laughs> How many times have you rewatched? I think you should leave. By the way, um, I've seen the second season more than any other one. Yeah, I've, second seasons I think still the best. But I've watched the third season through. It's I would fantastic. say the seasons don't really count in that show. You yeah. could put them on shuffle. They should allow that. Yeah, where you just, just shuffle, shuffle all, all the, the sketches. Yeah. yeah, they're not but interconnected. The Patty Harrison uh, scene uh, skit from the new season is fantastic. The fucking, I love it. The animal, the pig <laughs> right. in the Nixon mask coming through the... That one's so good. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> just, there's still cold coming out of the same scenes. They're yeah. Not, I'm just so happy. Fucking so We always end up talking about... I didn't about do this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. do this. So, uh, yeah, watch Jury Duty on Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to watch The Shape of Water. Hell yeah. Shape so of it's Water. on Hulu, right? It's on Hulu. Yeah. So, again, send us your emails to upyouralleypod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at upyouralleypod. Uh, tell your friends about the show. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And oh. thank you for coming on our talk. And I love you, Jake. I got it. Babe cool. three, pig with a vengeance. Is that what you've been doing this whole fucking I time? I love you, buddy. Yeah. I'm working on it. God damn it. <laughs> See you next week. Thanks, guys.